Am I? Now I'm amplified. Yes. For everyone under 15, repeat after me. This is a creed for you all. It's called a child like me. Say, love me like fun. Be loud. Love me like fun. Play outside with me. Let's chase bubbles. And stay out of trouble. I need your story. Share it with me. Read to me. Protect me. I am brilliant. Give me your future. And follow me. Because you are awesome. Give the person next to you a high five. All right. This is for everybody. One of the most dangerous sounds on earth is Every time you hear it, there is secrecy, danger, or the silencing of someone. The giver of the sound oftentimes is hiding something. Be quiet. Don't tell. Shut the door. Shut the door. If you make another sound. I can't ever recall hearing it and feeling relieved. Like I've never heard, shh, you may wear your hair here however you wish. <laughs> Women will begin to get paid equally starting now. <laughs> Breathe, boy. That gun ain't pointed at you, it's pointed at that slavery behind you. Shh, that's Jesus. Shh, they impeaching the president. <laughs> Whichever president you want. Shh, those pipelines won't go there. Those colored graves are sacred. Shh, there is no box to check. We're all human. Is gender assignment really necessary? Shh. It can be so maddening. Remember? Shh. Put your hands up, turn around, and place them on the hood of the car. Remember hearing the teacher say, Shh. stop acting like that, and feeling like she said, stop acting so black. Remember the first time you heard, Shh. Remember the first time you said, Shh. You ever shushed a dead body? You ever knew too much, they ask you to shush. Knowledge can be so loud. They shh in the library. You ever shush the soul? You ever been silenced? Interrupted? Made not important? Shh. Soundless? Shh. Made not to matter? Made what you say not important? Shh. The hate is so loud that we begin to shh the love. Life, God, be still, but never be silenced again. Thank you. <laughs> Here is our world, such beautiful and such terrible things.
happen all the time. Keep our hearts tender and keep our eyes soft because this is what you and I are about. We know there is, there is no answer but to love one another. We bear witness against unnecessary destruction and we gather in community week after week to practice being the person that we are called to be. You don't need me to remind you that we cannot do everything. But never forget that you can do something. And that something is not nothing. So let us forget our perfect offering. There is a crack in everything. Friends, that is how the light gets in. So the calendar says that we are in the middle of October in the year 2017. Can you get your head around that for a second? And even though the season of autumn is said to usher in cool and crisp and maybe calm to go along with so much pumpkin spice that it's a wonder our water does not run orange. <laughs> this autumn has been anything but cool and calm outside these beautiful windows. So much so that it's, it's it's hard, as Jessica said in our prayer, to, to catch our breath, right? Our, I kept thinking you know, like of our phones, our hearts, our spirits, our souls, are like that spinning dial that you see on your phones that says loading, 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 loading. We're just trying to keep up with all the data, all the developments, all the destruction around us. Now, I find it tempting when I get to feeling this overwhelm, I'm going to call it, to go into my shh mode. <laughs> Not so much the comfort kind of shh that I whispered to our babies when they were babies, but more the kind that, that Jamil spoke about that, that lures me into thinking that it doesn't really matter what I say. It doesn't really matter if I make much noise. It, it must be time to come autumn to, to hunker down and to hide into this like powerless paralysis. Sound familiar? But Jamil says, shh, it's a dangerous sound. Especially in these times, in these I mean, this is just this last week when you've got football players being told if they don't get up off a knee, they're going to lose their job. And just this week, the, the president threatening news stations for reporting news that, that he doesn't like, and so just take away their access to the station. And can I, can I say it plain? Preachers like me who rap our words in such velvety cotton comfort because they are afraid of their congregations and they are afraid they will lose their jobs. And you know what? Sometimes they're right. But I love you. 
You're thinking, is that a preemptive, <laughs> I love you? But you remember that I've began to tell you how I feel about you all through last year. I love you. And I, and I really love um, how we have been together this last year, especially our willingness, yours and mine, because it's a conversation. And not just me, Nathan, but, but me, Reverend Heather, me, Jessica, last year, Otto, all of our leaders together to lean into rather than away from the discomfort that comes from reckoning with our privilege and power here in these zip codes that we live in. I love us for not saying shh, for trying at least, not shying away from putting our voices and our bodies where our faith asks us to go. And one place that our faith asks us to go surely is witnessing to the kind of words and experiences that Jamil shares in this next poem. Can I talk for just a second? You good? I suppose I go right into the poem, but a mentor of mine says, always leave room for the spirit because you never know what's going to happen and what's going to come in. And I don't know about you all, but just being here today, I, I've been moved in a certain way. It's just, and it's been a good way. Like, I'm really happy and feel like family amidst you all, so I appreciate that. If you have been moved by some point of the service this morning so far, tell your neighbor, I've been moved. Turn to your neighbor and say, I've been moved. If you, if you haven't been, say, just wait, it's coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> the choir, I am taking you all great work. It's fantastic, the selections and your piano playing is just great. I'll stop. But I was just wanted to share that. I really have been moved since I've been here and wasn't expecting that, so I appreciate you all. Uh, so here we go. Hey there, black boy. Hey there, black boy. Hey there, black boy swinging from the tree. Instead of whips and chains, now they just shoot me. See you next time with bulletproof skin. They figured out a new way to kill us again. Hands up, don't shoot is what we say. I can't breathe, don't kill me that way. My spirit don't die. God loves me. Tell the pearls of the world and newborn babies. Ferguson, Missouri is an epidemic, not a situation. If it's not an epidemic to you, that means it's not affecting you yet, I bet. If a group killed countless people group like you, it would be an epidemic to you. But hold up, stop and frisk this. Around the age when I was old enough to go outside and pay by myself, my mother said, boy, when you get stopped by the police, if you get stopped by the police, because they do that sometimes, don't do anything that might get you killed or locked up. In fact, stay in this neighborhood, on this block, in front of this building, so that you're close to home, baby. And that's exactly where these boys are murdered, in their neighborhoods, on their blocks, in front of their buildings, and close to home. This is poverty of a soul living in a wealth of pain. How do you explain ripping the life out of an unarmed body? 
and I don't know what to say, so I begin to act like my name is Michael, Erica, Oscar, and I lived in Ferguson, Brooklyn, and Oakland, living like them black boys do, dying like them black boys do, and they say, 2-5, please don't overreact because black boys are under attack, and that's mostly said by those who are not black, and I feel like I'm under attack. See, it's hard being human when you started out as property. It's hard being human when you're the anomaly. It's hard being human when you're called minority. Understand, it's hard being human when you learn that once you were considered just three-fifths of one. See us as heartbeats and not target sheets. And this ain't just about black boys or 200 kidnapped girls or condemning all the police in the world. This is about deconstructing systems of oppression, breaking away from the chains, unshackling our brains, and seeing all humans as humane. Turn down for what? This gives us every reason to simply turn up. Let's sacrifice like unlace our eyelashes. Let them flutter to the floor. Catch as much as I can in my eyes so that the dirt never gets in yours. Come on now. Is sacrifice that hard, or is it uncomfortable? Is privilege a right, or is it comfortable? Ferguson, Missouri's deconstruction of the myth that we live in a post-racial consensus. So we either work together or remain separate forever. Not a moment, but a movement. How much death does it take before we see life? They've been murdering black men since Jesus Christ and the Lord said, black lives matter. Everybody matters, not just white bodies matter, but when young white bodies get snatched, everything is used to catch those body snatchers, but not kidnappers of black and brown bodies. It's true. Check 1776, 1812, and 1492. When white bodies leap from rules, remember, black and brown bodies fight suicide too. Recognize that darker bodies get raped too, just like white bodies do, but it seems to not matter till it happens to a white body, but anybody that's hurt should have somebody alert, a body that can assist in the matter. We all matter. When black and brown bodies get hurt, it should hurt white bodies too until those bodies are rescued. All I'm asking is if somebody can remind everybody that nobody is a nobody and that black, brown, and white bodies are all beautiful human bodies. I'm thinking we should have rethought how I come after you. <laughs> Some of you know that I, that I grew up um, eight miles as the bird flies from Ferguson, Missouri. Just eight miles. And I'd never been there. Because it was, it was like a different country, Jamil. There was, a, there was a line, black north of me and white from me south. I grew up saying, I'm not a racist. I just see people for who they are, not where and who they come from. I mean, I'm a nice guy most of the time. But a nice guy who had some learning to do because I'm listening to you again, Jamil, and I'm confronted again, those of us with white skin are confronted again 
by the reminder that, that I will never be on the receiving end of blatant discrimination, at least, at least due to the color of my skin. So I'm not going to go home today and worry about being pulled over on 16 in Holliston because of my race. I won't have to pay any number of fines to get my car released from the impound because of my race. I won't walk into CVS and Holliston and be eyed suspiciously. I won't be referred to as the white preacher. I'm just the preacher. I'm just Nathan to you. I won't be the guy who has inherited privilege. No, I just want to be the guy that has worked hard to get where I am and has earned everything that I've gotten along the way. I'm not the guy that says, shh, am I? I mean, I preach all the time. It hurts to name this. But naming it is critical. Because those of us with white skin take, tend to take race off the table when talking of race. Because remember, privilege, the definition means not being aware of our privilege. So, so we have to uncover it and put it on the table in these times. These times that you describe to me in emails all the time as, as apocalyptic, you do. And I will remind you that that, that word does not mean what you think it means. It means to uncover. It means to reveal. Because the racism and the xenophobia and the fear of others is real. And we, it's so easy to, to be here in our suburbs and pretend that we can hide, that we can be the embodiment of but I cannot pretend that my fate is not caught up in Jamil's fate and Jamil's fate is not caught up in your fate and our fate is not caught up in Puerto Rico's fate or North, Carol North California's fate or Vegas's fate or the 21 year old DACA kid's fate meaning this is what it means that there is no I anymore. There is only we. And we are hurting, which means I am hurting, and you are hurting too. If you would, turn to your neighbor. Some of you are still looking at me. Turn to your neighbor. Say, neighbor. We're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. Now, as a congregation, everybody say, we're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. Let them hear you way down at the other church. <laughs> say, we're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. Now, sometimes when folks say we, they really mean I. But when I say we, I don't mean without you. I mean you with me. We, not the we, you, but me and you, like we bad, meaning we good. I mean we, like hearts in life, like open mics and protesting for rights. We, like the world's shortest poem written by Muhammad Ali. Me, we. <laughs> then someone yelled, gone with your bad self. And not gone, but gone. Gone like we left to get to a better place. 
Gone because you're beautiful. Gone because you're necessary. Gone because you have to succeed. Gone because we need you to go further in order for we to go further now. Gone. And while you're going, don't just be. Be present. Be beyond measure. In fact, be cataclysmically unapologetic for being. Be we be gone and now be all right and not all right like things are okay but all right like fire not all right like semi-sunshining days but all right like an amora borealis kaleidoscope of lights be all right like you're not killing us anymore be all right like freedom be all right like we love cinnamon women be all right like the world loves we be all right like kendrick be all right tonight all together and forever we gonna be what y'all So, Jamil, I love your hope, and I need it. Do you need it? Hope not to be confused with optimism. Not like the optimism of Monty Python that says, just look on the bright side of life, or the glass is half full, or, or don't worry, be happy. The kind of optimism that looks for evidence in the world to claim that we're going to be all right. Hope in, dis in distinction and difference is a condition that's in here, not out there. Optimism looks for evidence that the world is not going to hell. Hope looks honestly and truthfully at the hell in the world and says, we are meant for something more. That's the difference. So, Jamil, you say we're going to be all right, but I know that in order for that to be true, I need, we need to remember that among other things, when they play the anthem today at the Jets-Patriots game, the U.S. Constitution enshrined the idea that African slaves were only three-fifths of a person. And if we're going to be all right, we first need to reckon with the truth to live in the uncovering of the truth, to live in the apocalypse of the truth, that we have a ways to go before that fraction, three-fifths, becomes a whole number. Which is why we have communities like this. Which is why I hope one of the reasons you come and get out of bed and get your kids if you have them and try to be here because it's why we hang the banner Black Lives Matter that we did, I looked in my calendar just a year ago, this Sunday, hmm. and find ways in our congregation, a predominantly white congregation reflecting the predominantly suburban communities around us, save for Framingham, why we need to hear new voices like Jamil, new poems, new experiences, because we, you and I are standing at the gates of hope. We are seeing the hell, and we are saying we see something more, don't we? We see something more, that we are not broken. We see how fractioned we are, how fractioned we are, and we say to each other, I say to you and you say to me, beckoning each other, calling each other, telling each other, we have to have the heart to tell the hard truth.
And as we do that, and as we struggle at the gates of hope and feel the joy and feel the hurt, we know we are not alone because we can then make this pledge together. The Reverend Dr. King says, non-cooperation with evil is as moral an obligation as is cooperation with good. Again, non-cooperation with evil is as moral an obligation as is cooperation with good. What this community and what this family is doing is good. It's beautiful. It's love, inclusion, and trust. And if you would, I ask you to say this pledge with me. It's something that I've created, but if you could rise. I uh, appreciate that. I say it's one unified family, beautiful voice. It's about us. We are committed to we. We are committed to we. One more time. We are committed to we. We are committed to we. Unapologetic for who we are. We are the future, driven by love and a passion for solidarity in the human family. It is frustrating when lives are not valued. Therefore, we must never sever our efforts for peace and equality. And if the person with you is okay with it, get him a high five. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> ah. <laughs> One final word, friends. Amen.